on the book of Enoch. And there's actually three books of Enoch. Um, and they're not actually written by Enoch. It's sort of pseudographic. So um, part of the pseudographer is someone writing in the name of Enoch about 300 years um, before the time of Christ. And it, in Enoch 1, it talks about the origins of demons, these strange characters that you read about in Genesis uh, 6, the Nephilim. Um, and it says all sorts of interesting things about angels fell from heaven, an explanation of the flood, and what the thousand years of the Messiah's rule will look like. Um, but when we actually look at the passages, the information we've got on this guy historically about Enoch, really we know very little about him. We know, we, uh, we know from the Genesis passage that he lived for 365 years, and for 65 of those years, he didn't walk with God. Then he had his first son, and it's amazing how having a child can change your life, because then, for 300 years, he suddenly realised he needed his life uh, to be one where he walked in fellowship with God. We don't know anything about his duties in life, whether he worked the land or whether he worked with animals, how big his family were, all of the responsibilities that, we, that he had. But we know in all of that, whatever it was, a perfect description of him was somebody who walked with God. Wouldn't that be an amazing thing to have on your tombstone? Whatever your name is, walked with God for however many years. What does it mean to walk with God? It's a phrase sometimes we might use from time to time when we're checking up with each other. When I was um, 17, I had my first mentor as a Christian, and all through my Christian life, I've had mentors. And I've never gone a time without someone. And I really encourage you, if you don't have someone you're regularly checking in with about your faith, it is a necessity, whatever age you are um, in your life. And my mentor would very often say something like, oh, how's your walk with God going? And I'd think, I don't know, it's all right, I think. Yeah. What, what did they mean by that question? What's happening uh, well, what happens when we walk with someone? Just imagine you go for a walk with a real dear friend of yours, a really good friend that you're catching up with. Maybe we did a lot of walking with one other person when we were allowed to do that. We really honed in on, on a good skill of that um, in the pandemic. You walk with that other person and you walk down a country lane. You have a lovely conversation you find out everything about them. It's a really good catch-up. You laugh, you talk about some serious thing, and it's all uninterrupted. You're walking in great harmony, and maybe occasionally you look out, you think, oh, there's a nice thing in the distance, there's a bird flying. Oh, isn't that nice? But you're just so focused on getting to know each other. It's a lovely experience. Have you been on a walk with someone like that? uninterrupted, harmonious, where you are walking together and really getting to know one another. That is a little bit about what it means when we walk with God. If we go to the next slide, I like this quote from A.W. Tozer, who said, the goal of every Christian should be to live in a state of unbroken worship. 
live a life where we are always walking with God. Now that's something I'm guessing, if you're a Christian, that's what you really want. Um, But it's not always easy. How do we get it? If we could go um, back a slide, you'll see, I particularly highlighted the end of, um, I think that phrase is in verse 6, where it talks about that Enoch was one, um, that he had faith, someone who has faith must believe that God exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That phrase means to beat a path under foot. When I go to my neighbour's house, I step outside, and then I do that, and then I turn around, and then I knock on the door, and I ask if he's got my parcel, and then he hasn't, so I go to the next neighbour, and I do this. You know, it's not really hard going to my neighbours. But back then, when you went to your neighbours, if you sought to get to your neighbour, you had to beat a path through the grass to get through the door. It was quite an effort. And so what the person who wrote Hebrews is saying when he talks about earnestly seeking God, it means that we have to beat a path to get to God. That if we want to have a deep, harmonious, unbroken fellowship with God, it doesn't just happen by accident. We have to be intentional. We have to be deliberate. We have to make it an absolute priority, the absolute aim of our life. The word Enoch means dedicated. It means trained, disciplined. And if you've ever had a quiet time before, it takes a lot of discipline, doesn't it? It takes fighting against everything in your human nature. You have to set your alarm early, and that's hard. You have to avoid your phone, avoid maybe the radio, try and get that quiet place where you can sit uninterrupted by anything. And it's not just uh, the external uh, distractions, it's the internal distractions. Because when I wake up, I don't know about you, I'm thinking about all sorts of things and wanting to get on with the day and maybe there's worries on your mind and it's a fight to graft out that time to spend with God. And of course, we don't want to be idealistic about it and and often I get there and I'm trying to read my Bible and someone's dropping some Weetabix by me and I'm trying to sort of sort him out whilst getting through a chapter of the Bible and, you know, dealing with that. And we all deal with all sorts of demands on us to get to work and also wanting that uninterrupted time with God. Let's go to the next slide. And then, oh yeah, keep that one. I love what this says in Psalm 73. I really would love this to be a statement of my life. Wouldn't you love this to be a statement of your life? Whom have I, the psalmist wants to say, whom have I in heaven but you, and earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Now that is a lovely prayer, but God often is not my portion. God often, if I'm honest, is a portion of my life. Yes, I have my 15, 20, 30 minutes of prayer and that devotional slot in the morning, but maybe this is so often 
as with you as well, I can easily talk to God, it's all very nice, and then I plonk it there, I say, thank you, God, now I'm going to go on with my day. And that idea of actually walking and talking to him throughout is just not uh, within my mind and within what I do. Now, what does it mean to actually talk and walk with God throughout the day? Um, I've found, with, I've got some very good friends who are quite far away, and I, I need to have a long conversation with them. But also, I like to attempt to multitask. So I will put my headphones in, or put them on speaker, and they'll say, are you okay, where are you? And I say, oh, I'm just putting out the recycling, or I'm just washing up. And, and maybe when it comes to talking with God, as well as having that more intimate, uninterrupted time, we need to actually put God on speaker, and we need to just get on with our day, with God and communing with him throughout the day. I get a sense when I look at the life of Enoch that he enjoyed the continuous presence of an unseen person and he related his daily life to that person and that's how God was his portion. Again, we don't know much about Enoch, whatever his duties were, uh, whatever they were, whatever he had to go on with, we know he had an ongoing conversation with God. He expressed his joys, his hurts, his confusions, and the responsibility he would have had for his children and his work. Enoch came to love what God loved, to hate what God loved, at what God hated, and that all happened by plodding on day after day, year after year, for 300 years. If we go to the next slide, I like this quote, as we think about our relationship with God as a very continuous thing throughout the day. Smith Wiggleworth says, I don't often spend more than half an hour in prayer at one time, but I rarely go half an hour without speaking to God in prayer. I wonder if that's something you see in your life. When have you last sensed God smiling over you? And it's not because you did some really good things that day and so you feel you're getting a pat on the back, but it's that you really did live a day where God was close by, where in every complex and difficult situation you invited God in, you involved him in that situation, you really did walk with him. See, when we walk closely with someone, when we walk closely with God, there's little room for things to come in between. And I just wonder, maybe for some of us, maybe it's for all of us, what's come between you and God? What is forming a barrier? James, uh, the epistle of James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And sometimes we might be thinking, God, you don't seem very close to me. And it isn't that God has drifted away from us, but it's that we've drifted away from him. He's always there. We don't have to beg him. We don't have to tie his hand behind his back for him to come to us. He wants to draw near to us. But maybe there's a habit in our life. Maybe it's going on social media, maybe it's just procrastination and maybe we need to get a bit more prayer procrastination. Uh, maybe it's an attitude of jealousy 
or of unforgiveness or envy or just worries and cares of the world that hinder us being able to have good conversations with God throughout the day. Rather than those things chasing us away from God and distracting us, we need to use those things to draw us once again to God. And I wasn't in this morning's sermon, but I believe it was about Philippians and not being anxious about anything, but taking those anxieties and actually coming to God as a result, knowing that that's the time more than ever when we're under pressure, when we're facing challenges in life. That's the best time and the time where we should really be feeling that God is carrying us and that he's helping us in that walk. So I just wonder if there's any false belief that we have in our minds. Um, Maybe it's that we just don't think God cares about certain things and so we don't bring them to him. As I come to a close, obviously at the beginning of Genesis, it gives us this wonderful description of how Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden, that they enjoyed perfect, unbroken fellowship with God 24-7, that lovely communion with him. And of course, as Christians, we believe Jesus came so that the barrier that was there for our sin was taken away and so that we could continuously be in the presence of God. Like Paul says, pray without ceasing. He's not saying just become a monk and just pray all the time in that way. But he's saying have conversations with God throughout the day. Enoch shows us someone who earnestly sought God. Now, I don't believe anyone here tonight has walked with God for 300 years. Okay? But I just wonder as we go into a response and as we get to talk a bit now, put your hand up if you've walked with God for 30 years. Don't be ashamed, put your hand up high. Keep them up. Who's walked with God for 40 years? 50 years? Oh, it's hard to remember, isn't it? I want you to keep your hands up. What I want us to do is, if we go to the next slide, how do we walk with God more in our everyday lives? I want to hear from those who have been walking for God with God for many years, and I want you to talk to some of us who are quite new. We've only known God for 20 years or something like that, so anyone under that. And I want us to have a bit of discussion and encourage one another How do we find this works in reality, this walking with God throughout the day, uninterrupted fellowship, even in a busy life, in the different seasons we've been in? So if you are one of those people who have walked with God for over 30 years, can you put your hand up? Um, And could we somehow do this, that we're with someone who has gone through who has been through, um, you know, been in a relationship with God longer. And, and as younger people, because, you know, some of you, I'm, I'm only just a little bit over 30 myself, um, I want you to give us your wisdom of how it's gone. And actually some honesty where you've really struggled in times if you've had kids or whatever. Um, so does that sound okay? So some of you younger folk, can you move? And can you all spread out? And can you find yourself with someone who has been with God, walking with him, significantly longer than you have, and um, talk together, and then 
in a few minutes we'll pray together as well. And this is a way that we just encourage one another as people who have walked with God for different periods of time. Does that sound okay? So what can keep us plodding? I'd love to hear from... I'd love to hear some gems of wisdom. How can we keep plodding for 300 years with our walk with God, or however long it may be? How do we live lives uninterrupted, though we may be busy, we can have a quiet time, but how do we live it out, plodding with God throughout our day? How do we keep him on speaker and get on with our day and be talking to him and involving him and inviting him? How do we do that? Anyone got the answer? Please. What was the question? <laughs> I, it was a very long-winded way of that question up there. How do we plod with God and walk closely to him 24-7? Well, I Even think, in our sleep. Yeah. I, I've been saying I didn't find things so easy when I was younger with a very busy work life, a new marriage, and all, all the stuff that going, financial worries, this worry, that worry, and the other way, and a very stressful job. And it's very easy in those sort of circumstances to just muddle through, almost forget God. What I've found, especially since retirement, is I've got the time to have um, my, my quiet time in the morning, whereas it used to be at the end of the day and I'd fall asleep before I'd finished my prayer, praying. Now I can, um, I'm awake in the morning, I can have time to, to uh, read the Bible, pray, and so on. Um, so I think Bible study and prayer are, are, are vital. I'd also say Christian fellowship, absolutely vital. You need, to, you need to meet with other Christians, not just on a Sunday. If possible, do, do some other group. And along with that, get involved in some actual service, um, you know, within the church, outside the church. There are, there are lots of opportunities, but, you know, that's... That's what I suggest. Thank you. And retire as well. Take early retirement. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be here from one or two others. Yeah. Sheila. I wonder if people have heard about arrow prayers. <laughs> because um, I find that um, I start off the day, we have our quiet time together. And then sometimes I think, Jesus is still with me, and I haven't thought about him for whatever. And then other times, something perhaps is going wrong, and you just send up a prayer, please God, show me what to do, or please help me through this. So all the time, I honestly know that um, he's with me, and I speak to him a lot during the day. Just short prayers, thank you, Lord, for this, or please help me with that. And I know that because I've been a Christian for so long, I have gradually grown more and more to realise how much I need the Lord Jesus with me. Mm. Wonderful. Well, we're going to spend some time with God now, aren't we? So, Charlie, do you want to come back? And um, shall I just pray as, um, as you come back up?
Lord, I just want to thank you for this um, opportunity to just reflect a bit about what it means to walk with you. And I thank you wherever we are in our relationship with you, whether it's a year or many years, uh, we just thank you for the precious time you have given us where we've known you as Lord and Saviour. We thank you that we sing that song, uh, What a Friend I've Found, Closer Than a Brother, and then it goes through other close relationships. And Lord, we don't just want to say that, we want to experience that. Um, we know that the relationship you want with us is not cold, it's not a ritual, it's a deep, intimate relationship. It's a relationship that is there for us when we're really super busy. And so we just pray you will help us uh, to throw off all that hinders, to smash down the barriers. And so even when we are at our busiest, we are intimate with you because we want you to be involved in the big decisions and the little decisions. And we want you to be glorified in all things. Amen.